This is Amplify You, the podcast about you discovering your message and broadcasting it to the world. If you're a coach, author, or speaker, you'll want to tune in. If you're looking for the best return on your time investment to get your message out to the world in a bigger way, we're giving you full access and behind the scenes look of how we're running our podcast, how our clients have found success, and what you can do to launch your podcast today. The world needs your message. I'm Michelle Abraham, the host. Join my family as we unleash your unique genius and find the connections you need to launch your adventure today. Join us and let's get Amplified. Hello, Amplify You family. Michelle Abraham here, your host. And today I am bringing you an Ask the Expert interview with expert writing coach Megan Barnhart. Megan has been a writing coach for bold thinkers who want to use their authentic voice to build their passion, fueled business, or share their true story of transformation. Our kind of people love it. With over 13 years experience as a writing coach and business owner, Megan knows the power of authentic storytelling in marketing and also how challenging it can be to write your own story. Yes, we do know that for sure. <laughs> and they can help people, helps people find their flow and share their magic message in website content, blog posts, or books so they can attract more clients and feel that they're called to serve. In addition to coaching, Megan has also authored three books about the writing process, blogged about writing for over six years, and penned copy for an online marketing expert and a New York Best Times selling author. Awesome. Welcome, Megan, to Amplify You. Thanks so much for having me, Michelle. I'm glad to be here. You are welcome. So I'm really excited to talk to you today about the power of words and you know, this is something that I think a lot of us struggle with. Well, first of all, I want to ask you a quick question. How did you get started in, in becoming a writing coach? I started as a teacher. Um, I'm really passionate about learning, teaching people things. And um, when I was in college, I got fascinated with how all of our brains work differently. I thought I was headed for special education. I did all of this training and how to teach to differently wired brains. I'm a very sensitive person. It turns out me in a classroom full of kids who are really struggling was not a good fit uh, (laughs) because I was just kind of like absorbing all of their upset. Um, And I tried classroom teaching for a few years and it wasn't a good fit because my passion really was helping people find their individual writing process. Mm -hmm. So finally, um, stumbled on writing coaching accidentally. A parent of a student I'd had in my fourth grade class said, you know, my daughter has never enjoyed writing as much as she did in your class this year. What are you doing over the summer? And that led to six years of working with students doing writing coaching. Mm -hmm. And it was so gratifying to help kids go from frustrated and hating writing to Mm -hmm. really enjoying it. Um, I've read a lot of essays on Pokemon in my time. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And in 2015, I did some business training for myself about um, getting clients online because I had taken my business online after a big move. Um, So I thought I was there to learn how to take my writing coaching for students business online. But I was looking around and there were all of these entrepreneurs who needed writing help. They're all writing copy and they're writing content. And I'm listening to these businesses that people have, and they're these transformational coaches and they're helping people heal and they're helping them have um, a healthier, safer pregnancy. And they're helping them, you know, overcome obstacles. And I went, 
man, this feels a lot more powerful to me than helping kids write essays on <laughs> To Kill a Mockingbird. <laughs> um, so it was one of those places where you kind of reassess and you shift. And I went, I want to work with business owners. I want to work with this audience. And I still had some students here and there. And I love, I still love helping um, young people find their voice. I think there's a lot of power in that. But um, I'm hooked on helping business owners and bold thinkers and people who want to write books because the impact they're having when they write is enormous. Those ripple effects go out and out and out and out. And um, so I feel like I am still able to bring some of my perspective from working with young people to working with business owners. For example, a lot of people have trauma about writing. You know, maybe they got shamed for it at some point in school or um, as youngsters. And I have that still very present because I'm always thinking of those young ones I worked with, especially those kiddos who had immense struggles with reading and writing. So I, I have that approach, but I'm able to use my writing coaching to help people, to help bold thinkers <laughs> get those messages out. And um, I feel like that's my part in making the world a better place. Awesome. I love that. You and I share that commonality of helping people get their message out there in the world. Yes. I, I one love voice because I think I, as you were saying that, I was like, hmm, maybe that's why I don't like writing is because as a grade one student trying to learn how to write my grade one teacher was going through a terrible divorce and was like angry. And I remember like breaking pencil after pencil being so like <laughs> worried about my writing. And um, I think from there on, I didn't like writing anymore. <laughs> so. Isn't that the truth though, right? Where we have an experience and for us, we take it to apply to all of writing when really it was mm -hmm. a you and you know, thank goodness you know what was going on for that teacher, so you didn't have to think oh, it was my fault for <laughs> breaking pencils that she was mad. Um, but yeah, it's and a lot of people also feel really nervous about speaking. There's mm -hmm. so much that can happen to us in our lives to make us think we shouldn't speak out, whether it's with our voice or in writing. And yeah. you and I, I think, are both passionate about finding those people who do have something to say mm -hmm. and helping them speak out in a way that feels comfortable for them and that can have the impact that, that they're meant to have. For sure. Yeah. I think working with people with transformational messages is like so, so exciting. I mean, we really want to help someone get that message out there into the world. I mean, we're currently working with a, a UN commissioner and she's got this huge, like gigantic message um, about diversity to get out and leadership to get out there in the world. And, you know, I, I feel like that it's not my voice that I, that necessarily needs to lead that conversation, but if I can help her get her voice to lead that conversation, that is like, I feel like then that's my part. And I think that's really, you know, I'm sure you feel the same way about writing. Yes. I, I sometimes think of myself as an idea midwife. <laughs> right? It's like, it's not my idea that's being born. It's the clients. And this is something that it's the work that they are passionate mm -hmm. about doing. They want to do, they want to get it out in their voice. And I'm there to help them breathe through it and tell them when to push. Yeah, totally. I love that. It's so great. Now it's funny because um, when I started podcasting, it was like, it was kind of like a blogging versus podcasting and like a war, like, no, you should podcast. No, you should blog. No, <laughs> like what is happening? And like, no, podcasting is like way no more like 21st century than blogging. And right, blogging right. was like passe and it doesn't work anymore. And like, you know, I think you and I can have this like conversation where I think we need both <laughs> because there's different learning styles and like listening styles and stuff too. What's your take on like the whole blogging space right now? Like, should we still be blogging? Yeah. Oh, that's a, that's a good question. Um, should, mm, not necessarily. 
there's a lot of benefit to it if it's something that you'll do. So like with all business advice, the best thing to do is the thing you'll do consistently, mm -hmm. right? And so when people feel that pressure of, oh, I was told I should start a blog and I started a blog and it's just not working for me and so I'm never publishing to it. Well, obviously that's not building your business. And the same is true if somebody told you to start a YouTube channel or a podcast mm -hmm. or to do Instagram live. So um, I, I don't necessarily think you should start a blog, but I'll tell you where I see the advantages. Totally. Um, one, it's content that lives on your website that Google's bots can read, right? Mm -hmm. So I, maybe Google is going to get advanced and get to the point where it can read audio or video or, you know, you'll get mm -hmm. SEO, SEO points for that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, but, but right now what is written on your website is huge for Google being able to come back with your website and the results and say, this person knows exactly what you want to, what you searched for, right? Mm -hmm. Um, I, I think beyond that, then as long as it's content that's living on your website, it doesn't matter if it's a podcast or mm -hmm. if it's a series of videos or if it's a written blog where, what I really encourage my clients to do is think of, um, this is their storehouse of expertise. Mm -hmm. And then when you're out networking with people or you're chatting with somebody who seems like a, a good potential client for you and they have a question, you get to say, Hey, that's such a great question. I have this blog post or this video or this podcast episode about it. Let me share it with you. Let me know what questions come up when you read it or you watch it or you listen to it. Any of those then show you as the expert, right? And are super helpful for that person. So beyond that, Google spiders crawling <laughs> to be able to read, you know, I don't think it matters what form it is. It is important, I think, to still have things that are housed on your website as much as we all want to be on social media. Those are people you know, other, uh, the social media platform owner is making money from those people being there as opposed to, um, they're on your website. That's your clubhouse. That's where they're seeing, um, the services you provide. They're reading your about page. Um, as far as, you know, whether things are, I don't know, people, people say, oh, blogging is dead and email marketing is dead. And the way I feel is nothing is dead if you're doing it consistently and you're doing it effectively. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Oh, totally. Yeah. And you know, I, I agree with what you were saying about like the SEO, like richness of blogging, I think, uh, I think is so powerful. And I think we're like podcasters now are kind of like, uh, turning to blogging is that, you know, there's a lot of weight, a lot of our clients actually publish their podcast as a blog post, um, which is great. Cause you got some show notes in there, or you got a blog post or timestamps or tweets or whatever, like right there on your website, which is great. And, you know, when I first started in the podcasting space, like about in around 2012 or so, it was like, you know, send, get them to go to iTunes and review and, and, and get them to iTunes, get them to iTunes or get them to Google or whatever. But, um, now actually it's like, get them to your own website first, oh, yeah. get the traffic there. And then we can then send them to review and subscribe or whatever. But at least then like, why give the traffic to someone that already has lots of traffic like iTunes. Yeah. Well, and the hope is they listen to that podcast episode or they read that blog post and then they're already there and it's easy for them to click over and go, who is this person? And read the about page and go, oh my gosh, this person's amazing. You know, and then click over to your services page or to schedule that free call with you. So it's just so much easier for them to continue the connection, the relationship. And I want to just circle back to what you said about using show notes. That's the, in my opinion, the best thing we could be doing mm -hmm. is reusing and recycling content, mm -hmm. not recycling in the way where you're, you know, taking 
an article and <laughs> changing a few words and calling it your own. Recycling your own content, reusing it on multiple platforms. So you're not working yourself, you know, you're not working your fingers to the bone, just creating content for your business. You're able to do all the other things business owners need to do. And that content is working for you on different platforms. I listen to uh, podcasts and read blog posts and watch YouTube videos. It depends on whether I'm cooking and I, you know, I want to have something to listen to or whether I have time to sit and read or the day or the topic, you know, there are so many different um, ways that you can engage with people. So why not take advantage of as many as you'll actually do? You don't have to do all of them, right? But why not take advantage of as many as you know you'll show up for? Yeah, I love that. And if you can kind of get them all like you know, starting with like, so for our clients, like we encourage them to start, like do a video podcast because then you can use the video for something. Then you can use the audio for something. Then you can use the written for something, right? Like, you know, try to, you know, if you want to be the most concise possible. Um, and in that way, like, you know, different people aren't going to necessarily recognize your content, the same content in four different learning styles, you know, listening to something and then reading something is two different things. So I think that, you know, if people are worried about it being like, Oh, I've already done that as a blog post. I can't do that as a podcast now. Like that's totally not relevant. You can definitely do both of those. Right. Right. And the, and the um, blog post you create from the podcast might be very concise. It might be the distillation. You know, these were the three tips that our expert gave, or these are the four things that, you know, you can go out and do. Whereas with podcasting, you're getting a lot more storytelling. You're hearing people's personalities, you know, they appeal to, um, they appeal to different senses. Definitely. So I have a question for you uh, as far as like, <coughs> excuse me, getting your message out there. When you are working with a client like that maybe comes to you, like, you know, they're a transformational expert, like many of our audience members right now, but they just like, I'm not sure how to get it out there. Like how to, <laughs> how to convey what I do. Like, it seems to be this, yes. like a lot of them have a lot, a lot of trouble, like verbalizing what they do. So how, how do you have anything that can help them with that? Yes, absolutely. And first is I, I feel their pain. And I think this is a common struggle that, that I, I say I work with bold thinkers or big thinkers, you know, there's, there's a common struggle here where you know so much and you want to help so much. And so what ends up happening is um, a kind of fire hose of information. You're trying to get everything out at once. So the very first step that I actually take clients through is listening to their audience. Because what this does um, when you're getting your messaging, uh, you know, when you're refining your messaging or maybe building it for the first time, firstly, it takes the pressure off of you to come up with like, what's the brilliant way that I would phrase how, what I do and how I help people. And two, it keeps you grounded in what it's important for your audience to hear, because there are so many things we could say about ourselves. Um, and part of the challenge may be we're not even sure what the most impactful thing is we do. So as a coach, I know I do X, Y, and Z, and I take people through this process. But if you flip it around and you ask your audience, so for example, I take them through activities that are just going back to clients they've worked with previously or clients they're working with currently and asking questions like, um, what's, you know, what's a result you're getting from our work together or what's a result you did get from our work together. Um, that grounds them in what's really important to their audience and it gives them a starting place. So my best advice for working on your messaging is forget about yourself for, for a while, take the pressure off you, go out and listen to your audience and what they're saying about where they're stuck and what struggles they're having, 
where they wish they could get to. And then if they are um, actual clients of yours, you can also add that additional question of what results did they get and what was most helpful for them. But take some time and do some, some research, not hypothetical ideal client avatar research, not I'm designing this person from scratch and deciding what pizza toppings she likes, but go out and listen to real people and, um, you know, engage with them and ask what, um, what they're actually going through so that then you, your messaging can speak to that. So, you know, for example, um, as somebody who teaches people to podcast, you have so many options, right? Maybe it's people who love speaking, but they don't know how to do the tech of podcasting, or maybe they have an important message, but they're, you know, not sure of their voice. Like there's so many different ways you could talk about the value of what you do. And until you know what your people really need and want, it all feels, um, it feels like infinite choices, right? Like I could say anything. And when you go in and do the legwork and find out where your people are stuck, then you can speak directly to that. So you end up with a message that's not only easier for you to write, but it also is much more resonant with the audience you want to serve. Mm, that makes so much sense. So if we're sitting here, like thinking about a podcast, we are, uh, you know, not sure, like we haven't, we haven't, we haven't worked with some of these people yet. So maybe where would we find out these questions? Do we go on to Facebook groups or where would you suggest people look for? Yeah. Facebook groups are a great way to do it. This is actually, I have some suggestions too. And um, I've got a free five day mini course called content that connects. Um, nice. And it's at meganbarnhard.com forward slash connect. Um, but I recommend, yeah, going into your community. I do a lot of um, networking in Facebook groups and connecting with people. Um, if you run your own Facebook group, this is a great thing to do, but just doing posts that are around um, th the question you want to know about. So it might be you go into a group and say like, hey, has anybody in here thought of starting a podcast? If you've thought about it but haven't, I'd love to know like what what held you back. Just mm -hmm. as a human, idea. right? Mm -hmm. It can just be very... Mm -hmm. um, very just doing some research. very natural, very organic. <laughs> yeah. yeah, right. Just, just, just curious. Simply, yeah, just simply ask the the question, and you don't even have to give a reason. It's just mm -hmm. you know, I'd I'd love to hear. I'd love to know. Um, most people are interested in talking about themselves, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> so we will want to share our experience. Um, and of course, the the way to make that even more successful is if it's a community where you're already engaging. You know, we've all been in those online communities where we've never seen somebody before and then they come in and kind of pitch or, you know, a thinly veiled pitch or do their market research or, where, or whatever it is. And it has, you know, kind of a bad vibe to it. So, you know, engage with people, become part of the community and ask questions in a, in a genuine way. Um, but I also recommend going back to testimonials from clients you have worked with you know, and looking at what they said was really powerful. And I also um, advise my clients to look at um, any intake forms they're using. That could be an intake form for a program you're running, a service you're offering that's paid, but it could also just be before people hop on the phone to, or, you know, hop on a Zoom, whatever it is, to have a, a strategy session or a free call with you. Can you ask them a couple of questions just to get some of their language around what their questions are about podcasts. Yeah, that's a great idea. And I know I've suggested to our podcasters, like when they're starting a podcast, to have a Facebook group where you're asking questions to get to know their audience when they go into a Facebook group Absolutely. Um, as well. That's a great strategy. But yeah, actually asking them when you come on for a strategy session, that's amazing. That's a great, great yeah, suggestion for sure. 
Yeah, it doesn't have to be a lot. It, I mean, you know, the, the questions that give you what you need are what are your biggest questions, challenges, or struggles with X? Um, and then what, what's your, what are your goals around X? If you just ask those two, you kind of have a, a great start. Yeah. And then you have some content. I know one of our podcasters, Emily Clark, she would ask questions at her podcast called Love Your Anxiety. She would ask people um, what they're struggling with the most and their anxiety as they came into her Facebook group. And that's how she got all of her podcast content. You know, I'm sure it works for blogging too, all of your blogging content, like all of your writing content. I mean, I think you could probably write a whole book based on some of those answers, right? Yeah. I keep a dump doc. I have a dump doc. Um, and I, for my, uh, free Facebook group, um, I ask questions about people's struggles and uh, what their goals are. Um, and I just copy and paste from their answers, throw them in a dump doc. Um, I, I'll put all kinds of stuff in there. Um, I recently led a, a copy marathon where people were working on tons of copy and I was helping them in the chat. I saved that whole chat and I just pulled a blog post out of it from a question somebody asked because you go, oh, that's a great question. Um, so I keep a whole dump doc where I just put all those all those things that come up. Um, that's another great idea. Like if you're doing yeah. a free training or something and people are asking questions or like a webinar or yes. li Facebook live or something. Yeah. Those are great ideas. Yeah. And it's, and then it's all coming directly from real people. You know, these are the things mm -hmm. that they want answered. And then when it comes to creating content, you know, some people totally freeze up when they have to write a blog post or come up with a topic for anything, but then you have all of your topics not just there and ready to go so it's easier, but you know these are topics that are going to grab people's attention. Um, so they're, yeah, they're, <laughs> they're tailor-made. They're good stuff, yeah, exactly. Because they're from your audience. And then from the point of view of making an impact, mm -hmm. you're helping so much more than you would be if you're taking topics out of thin air you know, why go to that trouble of struggling to come up with something, you're reinventing the wheel, and then you have no idea if anybody even wants that answer. Mm. And I love that too, because then you're not, yeah, you're not just wondering if people need to answer this, but you're getting the questions from the people that you want to serve. So yes. you know, it's going to land for them, you know, it's going to resonate. And then like, it's almost like you're actually like kind of what we suggest people do in the first few podcasts is kind of leading people to all the answers that they need to know about you before they start working with you too, right? And they're getting to know you, like you trust you, see your value, you know, uh, learning so many things from you. I think that's great. Um, such a cool, uh, such a cool idea. What about for storytelling, Megan? I think this is something that a lot of podcasters struggle with. I mean, this is why a lot of us go to the interview um, style because mm -hmm. maybe the the weaving or storytelling maybe is, is a little bit is a little bit more of a challenging skill. I think. Any suggestions to help people like learn to storytell a little bit better within their writing or within their speaking? Yeah. Um, be a, be a teacher and have to teach literature analysis is what worked for me. No, it's so funny. Cause that's how, that is how I came to storytelling. I did the backwards thing, like looking at stories and taking them apart. Um, I would definitely say get a book on, on just the basics of storytelling. Um, you know, just familiarize yourself with what's involved in a good story. I like the deep dive. I really like um, Lisa Cron's book, Wired for Story, but that's kind of much more on the heady <laughs> side of things. Um, and she talks a lot about how our brains are, are wired for story. You know, we are meant to 
tell stories. We're meant to listen to stories. They're really, you can remember them better. Right. I think they resonate really well with people too. Like people can relate to a story. Yeah. It's so like human survival, our survival as a species was based on storytelling because people would tell stories about like, don't go to that part of the forest because you're, you know, you're not coming back or here's where the good hunting is. Um, but the reason I say that is because a good story is really a formula. Um, there, I don't know. Do you listen to the podcast, The Moth? No, but I've heard, I've heard a lot about it. Yeah. I highly recommend it. It's real people yeah. telling true stories and they are all captivating. Um, now it might, for some people, it might feel like it sets the bar too high, but I recommend it not from the point of view of you need to emulate it, but just, (laughs) you know, the more you listen to stories and the more you, um, read them, the more you kind of start to see that pattern, but it's very formulaic and I can give it to you. It's, it's six steps. It's like things were going fine until, right. Mm -hmm. And then I decided I had to, you know, uh, solve, solve some problem, but, um, I kept trying and things got worse before they got better. Then finally, there was a moment where I had a turning point or an aha, or I got the tool I needed, or I figured out how to solve the problem. I've solved it. And now here's what I know. Mm. Like that's every single story. Well, thank you for that framework. Right. Yeah. That's every story you'll ever read or ever see in a movie. It's just like, there are more iterations. It's like there are more along the road. More obstacles. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But I I guess here's the best advice because these are kind of abstract. So let me get down to to brass tacks. Um, Think about the lesson that you want to deliver first. Like think about the theme first and then work backwards to go like, okay, well, what would I share? Like I want to tell people about overcoming this fear or I want to tell people about, um, I don't know, overcoming adversity or whatever kind of change or transformation. And you think of the end first and then you work backward to figure out where to start. Um, Cause that can be a big challenge. People go, I want to tell this story, but where do I start? Why, was, I was born. Uh, <laughs> the universe was created. Like how far back do I need to go? Um, but start with what endpoint you know, you want to take people to, and then think of like, what was that transition moment? Where was the moment where you got the help or you made the choice or it was the straw that broke the camel's back? Um, and that will give you the, you know, the way to, to figure out where to start. Um, but listening to other people's stories and reading other people's stories, I think is a very important part of learning how to be a better storyteller. Mm, I like that. That's great. Um, I know I've struggled, like, you know, I, I speak a lot and when I get asked to speak and you guys share a bit of your story, I'm always like, well, what story do I tell? It yes. <laughs> really like, is there's so many things that, you know, could go into that story of like the story <laughs> of like why you're doing what you do today kind of thing. Yeah. So that, that, that whole framework will help me. Thank you. <laughs> oh, good, good. I'm glad. Yeah. <laughs> you helped at least one person Jay. Thank you. No. Yeah. Oh, I'm glad. And there are, all, there are a lot of stories and that can sometimes take the pressure off too, where you go, it doesn't have to be the one story. It doesn't have have to be like the superhero origin story, you know, it's these little moments that make us who we are. So if you can find what the lesson is, then you can build the story around it and it can be big or small and still have an impact. 
Mm, yeah. And I think when people are like thinking about like the story they tell, like we always encourage our podcast clients to like tell a bit about their story, like why they're doing this podcast, what made, what brought them to like start this podcast. And I think we go like really big, like it has to be like a super big story. Like it's got to, you know, like there was an accident or death or like something happened, but it, that's not always the case. It's, it's some, like you said, it could just be a little moment that there was a lesson there that, yeah. that really changed the change the course of what you were doing and now you're doing this you know like it's kind of a it's, it's hard to pick out those which one was going to be this the story <laughs> yeah and and it really helps to talk it out with somebody else we're mm-hmm. so close to our own lives um sometimes you'll hear somebody tell a story that is a huge moment and they'll tell it as if, oh yeah, this was no big deal. It was just the time mm-hmm. I saved a bus full of children from, you know, <laughs> from certain doom or something You're like, whoa. But, um, having somebody to bounce ideas off of or mm-hmm. somebody to interview you, you know, I'm sure that you've had episodes of podcasts where just the questions you ask people helps their story come out. I know I've done podcast interviews where I went, oh gosh, you know, I've never framed that event in that way before. But just because you're talking it out to somebody mm-hmm. and you're bouncing ideas off of them, it it makes a big difference. I'll I'll be honest, a lot of what I do as a writing coach is ask people good questions and then listen. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, my sessions don't necessarily involve a lot of writing, um, but it's because that's the first stage of things. You right. can't write something if you don't have the ideas, you right. know, if you, don't, if you don't know what you want to write. So, yeah. And I think like, as like with everything that we were doing, I think having that coach or having that person there to guide you through those steps, I think is super valuable because it, you, like you said, you're so close to your own story. If you could have someone else listen to your story and then know who you want to impact and then help you kind of bridge the gap of those. I think that would be super powerful. Not only was going to save time, money, stress, headache, failure, like, you know, there's going to be a lot of things that's going to be a huge benefit to that. So I think it's nice for people to know that there's someone like you available to really help people who are struggling to kind of piece that together, whether they're starting a blog or a podcast or a business or, you know, right. You know, we have to write website content when we have, you know, website, like how do we kind of put in words what we're doing? So, um, I love, I love what you're doing, Megan. I think that's really valuable. Mm. Yeah. Thanks. So thank you, Megan, so much for spending this time with us today. I want to be mindful of your time. I know you're a busy lady and, um, we want to just, can you say again, your website and your free gift for us so that we can make sure everyone goes there? Absolutely. So you can find me at meganbarnhard.com and you can find the free five-day mini course content that connects at meganbarnhard.com slash connect. Awesome. Thank you so much, Megan, for being here, guys of Amplify You family. Make sure you listen to what Megan's saying. Go check out her website. Hire her to get your message out there. Uh, and so that if you're thinking about doing a podcast, like how great is it to like really sit down with someone like Megan and, and walk through it and talk through it and get those ideas clear and concrete so that when you're talking to your audience on a podcast, you're clear about who you're speaking to and what you're trying to do. So uh, the clarity, the key is in the clarity here. So thank you, Megan, so much for joining us today. Thanks so much for having me, Michelle. It's been a blast. Welcome. All right, Amplify You family. See you again next week with another great interview. 
Thank you, family, for joining us on this adventure. If you're ready to be heard, head over to mypodcastcoach.com where you'll find out all the tools and tips you'll need to launch your podcast today. If you have a show already and you need some help managing it, please head over to managemypodcast.com and the Amplify You team would be happy to help you manage your podcast. Please also head over to iTunes, like, subscribe, or review our show so we can spread this message. And until next time, be your own unique genius.